The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn News. Time is the great equalizer. No matter who you are, how rich or poor, you get 24 hours in a day. That's 1,440 minutes or 86,400 seconds. No more, no less. While we can't get more time, we can look at how we're spending the amount we have. We're talking about that today. Let's get to it. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's managing editor for jobs and career development. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. Okay, confession time. I live in a small New York City apartment with very limited storage, yet a disturbing amount of that space and space I rent in a storage facility and space in my parents' house is taken up by notebooks and planners that I vowed time and time again will get my life in order. Spoiler alert, they didn't work. Honestly, it's because I fall into a lot of the traps that we all do. I expect to be no-nonsense when it comes to scheduling. I expect to create daily habits, no exceptions. I expect perfection. Fortunately, I just read a really practical guide to getting your life together without demanding perfection. It's called Tranquility by Tuesday, Nine Ways to Calm the Chaos and Make Time for What Matters. The author is Laura Vanderkam, who is an expert when it comes to time management and productivity, and she's my guest today. In her latest book, Laura pulls back the curtain on effective tips she's been telling people about throughout her career. But we'll get to that in a bit. First, let's hear how Laura became a productivity expert. Well, I didn't grow up saying I wanted to be a time management expert, but it really became um, quite an interest of mine when I became a parent for the first time 15 years ago now. And anyone who's been through that transition knows that it, it obviously changes a lot about how you spend your time. And suddenly being accountable for someone else can be a big change. But it did prompt me to start thinking about, well, how can I make sure that I'm making space for all the different things that I want to do for being a good mom, for, you know, continuing to build my career, for doing the things that I love in my own personal life. And so I began studying people who were doing a lot of those things, people who were succeeding in the different spheres of their lives um, to see what I could learn, because it turns out that we all have the same amount of time each week and each day. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. So you find people who are doing amazing things. They may have various other things going for them, but they don't have more time. I think that's such a great point of view because it is one of those things where whether you're Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or you're someone who sweeps the floors at a Tesla factory or you work in an Amazon warehouse, you have the same amount of time. And there are certain things that only you can do. I mean, no matter how rich or famous you are, you cannot pay someone to sleep for you. 
right? Like you still have to figure out how to make sure that your day contains an adequate quantity of sleep. If you, you know, want to exercise, like you can't pay someone else to exercise for you. Um, so there's just all sorts of things that you still have to make time for, no matter how much money, how much power you have. Yeah. And this new book is really what you've learned along the way, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I have seen what works in people's lives and I wound up realizing that when people ask me for time management advice, I am often saying the same thing. Why is it that I find myself telling people over and over again that they need a hobby? Why am I telling people to get up in the middle of the day and just get outside and walk around for a few minutes? Why am I telling everyone that they should have a weekly planning time? And it's because these things work. Like, they really do work. And so I distilled the time management advice that I was giving people that I was using in my own life down to nine rules that I think are broadly applicable and have the biggest impact. Yeah, it's really something that you say, basically, listen, this is something anyone can do, right? Yeah, I I think every rule in this book is broadly applicable and is doable in various different life scenarios. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we we obviously can't go through all nine, but when it comes down to it, you know, what would you say is the most important rule out of the nine? Well, I'm not sure there's most important one, but I can tell you that one that has sort of allowed my life to function is to have a weekly planning time. And the rule is to plan on Fridays. So I suggest that people carve out 20 minutes or so um, on Fridays and probably Friday afternoons, because nobody's doing anything else on Friday afternoons. They're sliding into the weekend at that point to think about the upcoming week and to think about what is most important to you over the next week and not just what is important to happen professionally, but what are the most important things in your professional life, with your relationships and for yourself. And so you identify what those things are. Maybe they're already on your calendar. Maybe they need to get on your calendar. But you figure out what those are, figure out where they go. Then you look at what else you've got going on. It allows people to think about the weekend, think about what they can put in their life that they're looking forward to. Uh, But, you know, sometimes people ask me, how do you do it? I, I hate that phrase. But since I am managing a career and five children, sometimes it comes up. And it is honestly spending those 20 minutes on Friday, figuring out what the moving pieces are, making sure all the rings in the three-ring circus are continuing apace, looking for any problems that might arise, figuring out if I can solve them, figuring out if I'm still making progress on my goals, and that's basically it. Yeah, and sometimes this is what frustrates me when I talk to people about careers and job searches and just sort of, you know, personal development, is that They think that if they're not working efficiently or just working sort of every waking moment of the day, that they're being less than or there's something wrong with that. But your rules, they really sort of open up the idea of you really need time for yourself. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting because we do have this narrative that I, I'm working every minute, you know, and, and the truth is nobody is working every minute. But what we do is we put ourselves in a position where we could be working at any minute. So you know, we're, I still have my phone. I could be working at any moment. I'm not. I'm like scrolling around on Twitter, but I could be working. Um, and, and so we're experiencing leisure time, but it's very low quality leisure time. It's not actively chosen. It's, you know, flitting in and out of it. So it's chopped up. And so what I'm challenging people to do is to recognize that you do have leisure time. 
you do have some discretionary time. It's just that by not making active choices about what you want to do with it, you spend it in ways that you probably wouldn't if you thought about it. So my rules are often about making active choices for doing it. So, you know, one thing I suggest people do is take one night for you. And ideally, it is something that is personally meaningful, personally enjoyable. I suggest try making a commitment to it. I mean, like, I'm going to join a choir. I'm going to sing, you know, with other people who are expecting me to be there at seven o'clock on Thursday. So even if I'm tired, even if life's busy, I go. And it's sort of this more active form of self-care. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned really over the past year and a half, I would say, is especially working from home, because at least for me in a New York City apartment, is quite small. um, And sort of the time would go together and I would find myself daydreaming or my mind wandering. And what I learned is that when I noticed that happening, if I had like 10 or 15 minutes on my calendar that I can sort of chunk away from whatever I was doing, I would say, okay, I'm going to be purposefully distracted for like these 15 minutes. And then I would like go read a book or I would go sit down and I would, you know, watch the news for a little bit. And then once that 15 minutes was up, I would go back and I'd be like, okay, I've done with the distraction. And I found that really helped me get back on my schedule. It was an actively chosen break. and, And those are great to take. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Laura smashes the myth that a habit has to be done every day in order to be effective. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, and this is Everyday Better. Positivity is just a belief that there are good things even in the midst of a broken world. Post-traumatic growth is about actually growing stronger as a result of trauma. The universe only has one chance to see through your eyes. Give yourself that much respect and your life that much respect. Join me every week to explore the stories and ideas that show us how we can live even better every single day with people who are changing the world. Tune in to my weekly podcast, Everyday Better, wherever you like to listen. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. We're back with time management expert and author, Laura Vanderkam. So if you've spent any time reading about personal or career development, you've probably encountered the research on habit formation. You've got to make a goal and then stick to it every day. And I know a lot of people that have these giant calendars tracking their goals. But if one day goes by and they didn't get to their 10-minute meditation or their five-step check-in, they feel like a failure. But Laura's advice is much more straightforward. According to her, a habit can be effective even if you only do it three days a week. Here's Laura. It is very hard to do something absolutely every single day. There are certain things we do. Most people brush their teeth pretty much every day. Um, But for things to happen daily, it pretty much has to be like that, right? It's just small, easy to do. You got the equipment. It's ingrained as something that, you know, just feels weird if you don't do it. And I I found this, the three times a week is a habit rule came out of sort of years of people telling me about their great daily habits. So you're talking about the people with the board that they're going to put the marks through. (laughs) Um, You know, and people come tell me about these great daily habits that they have. And I start asking questions. Oh, when do you do it? What are you doing? And it turned out that often people with these great daily habits were doing them Monday through Friday. But that is not 
every day. Mm-hmm. That is not seven days a week. That is five days a week. So clearly we think of five times a week as meaning daily, even though it isn't. Like it isn't at all. That's missing 28% of the week. And, you know, you ask people further about these daily habits. Many people don't do them on vacation. They don't do them on holidays. Sometimes Friday is like not included <laughs> in the normal daily routine. And and so I just find that fascinating. Like why is it that people who do something Monday through Thursday on a normal work week will consider themselves to have a daily habit, but that's four times a week some weeks. So anyway, my point is that we can have a habit that is not done seven days a week. And for many things, three times a week is often enough that it becomes a part of your identity. Somebody who practices the piano three times a week is a regular piano player. Um, Somebody who runs three times a week is a runner. A family that eats meals together three times a week is a family that eats together. And the reason I like this rule is it just completely changes people's mindsets. I mean, for starters, it puts them in the mindset of thinking of time as a week, Mm -hmm. which is the cycle of life as we actually live it. But we also can see that often we are doing these things that we say, oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I was doing this. I, you know, someday if I have the time, I want to be the kind of person who does X. And we often see that we are doing that thing once or even twice a week. And it feels like never because in the daily perspective, six out of seven days, you didn't do it, right? So you're going to bed at night and say, I didn't do it again. I didn't do it again. (laughs) But if you're doing something once a week, getting up to three times a week, it's not that big a leap, right? You know, you already got one punch on your card. You just got to get two more, make small little tweaks. Um, And it tends to make people's desired identities feel a lot more doable. Yeah. No, I think that that's completely fair. And I, you know, I fall into that trap, too, where it is the idea of every day. And, you know, if you're not doing it every day, then, oh, well, you know, you fell down on the job. So I really like the idea of being more forgiving on that. And I think, you know, one of the last things I really want to ask you about is, is obviously your your book gives a great roadmap of, OK, here are things to really try out and apply to your life. But I think there's a lot of people who get in their own way by saying, listen, I'm just so busy. I can't apply, you know, structure. I work odd hours. I, you know, work the night shift. But for people who do sort of get in that mindset where they say, listen, I, I'm beyond help when it comes to these things. What is your message to them? Well, I think when we say things like I'm beyond help, that's because we we've adopted that as our identity, right? Like, I'm so crazy busy. I'm beyond help. Somehow I am different from every other person in that I can't do that. So we have these stories we tell ourselves. And maybe it's true. Like, I'm not saying it's not true. But let's know for sure, right? And so one way to figure that out is to, for instance, track your time. I always suggest people try to figure out where their time is truly going, because often we do tell ourselves stories about our lives that aren't true, right? We're like, I work around the clock. Well, okay, we track our time and say, like, actually, no, it is not 24-7. There may be long. I'm not saying it's not long hours, but it's probably not 24-7. Or somebody will say, throw something out, like, I work 120 hours a week, and they track it, and it's long. Maybe it's like 65 hours a week, but that is not 120, and so that's good to know. Because if there's 65 hours for work, there are 168 hours a week. So there's time for other things. Well, what would we like to do at that time? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, and, And with the rules, I just suggest that people try them out. When I did this study, I had people learn one rule at a time and focus on that. 
before they would learn a next rule. And so for the first week of the study, all I had people doing is choose a time they wanted to go to bed and then get in bed at that time. <laughs> right? That was that was my assignment. And <laughs> a five-year-old it, can do it and so can five-year-old you. five-year-old <laughs> can do it, you can do it. And, you know, it sounds so silly because it's like, well, that doesn't seem like that would solve anything, but it does. It solves a ton of stuff for a great many people. But, you know, you would learn to do it, see if does it work, does it not? It, why is it not working? Let me think about, you know, it, why am I resisting it or why do I find it very challenging? Well, is that a problem I can solve? Do I see any benefits? Try it for a week. If it works, great, keep it. If it doesn't, go try something else. And then you can move on through these different rules, which we don't need to call rules. We can just call them suggestions, strategies, you know, ideas you can try out like you know, the iterative process of life design. Yeah, and also I, I think it's important to note that when it comes to doing that, taking it one week at a time, one sort of step at a time, that's sort of the the smart research-based approach to things like this because I think uh, if history and, and, you know, experiences teach anyone anything, it's that it's very difficult to do a big change in your life all at once or, you know, do several things at once. So, you know, there might be the person at the beginning of the new year who sets five different resolutions and they try to do them all on January 1st and pretty soon January 5th comes around and they're exhausted and they, you know, give up on the next day. Whereas if you do one thing at a time, it becomes a habit. And pretty soon you're doing it a few times a week and that's one of the rules too. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, better to have the patience to think a little bit longer. Definitely. Well, you know, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. It's so wonderful to talk to you every time, and I really appreciate your expertise. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. That was Laura Vanderkam, author of Tranquility by Tuesday. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien, Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show, Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.